following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Let's talk, but no politics okay. Proudly dedicates all episodes to the loving memory of Constance Chirac, who was one of the biggest supporters of the show. And we like to say thank you for everything that you have done. Oh, man, a line? Oh, good Lord. Hey, uh, buddy, excuse me. Is this the line for... Uh, okay, let's talk with no politics, okay? Okay? Okay. Huh. Well, who's the sponsor? Sometimes being gifted doesn't feel like a gift. Nobody seems to understand you. Sometimes they're even scared of you. Wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to worry about hiding your gifts anymore? Hi, I'm Jubilee, and it wasn't that long ago when I felt that way too. But then, I became a student at Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters, and everything changed. At Xavier's, you'll meet students, and even teachers, who are just like you and understand everything that you're going through. Under the guidance of world-renowned geneticist, Professor Charles Xavier, you'll learn how to control your gifts while also getting the education and training that you need to succeed in the fast-paced world of 1983. So why be alone when you can make some excellent new friends here? Xavier's is no ordinary school, because let's face it, you're no ordinary student. Thanks, Jubilee. You were right. Xavier's is totally right. Operators are standing by. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk But No Politics Okay here on the BIC. BP Radio Network. Today, I have Johnny Townsend from Panel Discussion, Retro Blitz, Retro Pop. And uh, let's talk with no politics, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I might as well be your co-host now. You might as well. <laughs> you might as well. And uh, we are talking about X-Men, the pride of the X-Men. The X-Men, X-Men, X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> the 1989 animated television pilot that I don't think a lot of people have seen. I I would agree. Uh, obviously, I do believe most X Men nerds, or just even if you're just growing up, if you're a kid in the 90s, are definitely aware of the 92 cartoon for sure. The one on Fox, uh, that one's very, very, very popular. And I recently rewatched that one too, by the way, all the way through. Uh, and uh, that one's a pretty fascinating by itself but i was aware i told you i was aware of this one but i legit never watched it until like just 20 minutes before recording this and i'm on an x-men high (laughs) so my dad was like a comic book nerd like to the point where the comic book store that we went to in niagara falls house of fantasies no longer there but would like he would actually have comics held and he bought this for my brother and I one year for Christmas on video cassette. I've never seen this on live TV. People say it was like broadcasted, but I've never seen it. But I used to watch this tape constant. Yeah. <laughs> this the the version neck. that's on it's on YouTube. That's how I watched it. And that version is obviously from a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. It, it, it even has 
uh, a Spider-Man intro. And by Spider-Man intro, I mean it's a guy in a Spider-Man suit. It's like a live-action guy. Uh, it's got an intro from him, uh, which was very incredible. It just feels completely late 80s, early 90s. It just clicks all those buttons. Reminds me of like a guy in a turtle suit. Yes, yes. Because it's not an all. I've seen way worse Spider-Man suits, but it's but it's like 100 million steps away from what we are uh, you know, familiar with with the movies. It's yeah. nowhere near that. I also, I'm I I don't even know how to get into this, but I'm gonna try and go like a little bit, a little bit at a time here. The intro to this, if you grew up in that late '80s, early '90s, is right on par, and I know I'm gonna get some backlash. Right on par with the '92 X-Men series. I am 100% going to agree with you, and I'm even going to say what franchise is so lucky to have two because obviously that 92 uh, intro is also a banger so what franchise is lucky to have two i would play both these themes just regularly listen to them because they're both fantastic (laughs) i i love it i'll put i'm gonna put the this intro at the end of this this is gonna be the outro yeah the outro (laughs) So listen to the whole podcast or you're probably going to fast forward, but whatever. So the other cool thing about this is that you get that you don't get with the other X-Men, but you kind of do is right in the beginning is Stanley. Yes. With the true believers coming out and yeah, he is introducing you to the whole world of mutants. Just hearing his voice, just, you know, it, it, it just hearing him narrate is just something that I dearly miss uh, from his passing. I really, really miss that. And this, and just listening to that was like, oh man, it's just like a, you know, when um, like a, a a parent or somebody uh, would have like that thing that they always baked that you loved, and that yeah. smell, you know, that nostalgia, that smell can come back and flood and be like, and just the happy memories. His voice does the same thing. Uh, in that you just hear him start talking and narrating and, and say true believers and he's saying stuff like that it's just man it's just incredible it's like optimus prime for me when i hear, yeah when i hear peter Kala do optimus prime's voice it's like that nice warm and fuzzy but i i do really enjoy the stan lee uh narration in the beginning and oh it's throughout the episode too it's not just at the beginning yeah. he does it a couple times is uh Going into the beginning there, you see Magneto is captured by the U.S. military and he is being held a prisoner and they don't like dirty mutants. Don't like them. Nasty no. mutants. They should be killed. Some some great late 80s leftover just we don't care what we say on a children's cartoon. We're yeah, but I will say overall, I think that they could probably still mostly if they wanted to, if this was made today, it would still be made, you know, that type of thing. I don't know very much that they would change. Um, I thought the animation overall, I mean, it's a very familiar Magneto design. Um, uh, you know, he doesn't look too far off from what everybody remembers in the 92 cartoon. You know, the 92 cartoon famously used the Jim Lee costumes, and but this one's using the older ones because this is before yeah. Jim Lee. Uh, so like you get Cyclops in the, you know, in the mostly blue suit with uh, some yellow trims pretty much 
uh, you know, the Wolverine is uh, not black and yellow. He's got some orange and brown in his costume. And I definitely can't wait to talk about Wolverine. That's one of my favorite things that happened in this. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, man. I <laughs> did you? I have. I've never been so happy to have watched something. <laughs> did you? Did you think like? This Magneto was a little bit scarier than what we got in the 92 X-Men. Like just his demeanor. He seems a lot more ruthless. Like I'm just gonna, I just hate everything where the other Magneto seems like he had hate, but there was a little bit of reason and compassion. Like this one just seemed like some awful, like dictator going to just kill everything. I mean, he was literally going to blow the earth up and then, uh, he was very happy that either the earth would die or, you know, Nightcrawler would die. He was totally cool with that, yeah. uh, you know, that, that aspect of uh, his plan. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I know we'll get to the voice work soon, but I even thought, even though I would probably take, and this is hundred percent, just my nostalgia. Uh, I would take the 92 voice actor for Magneto just cause that's what I grew up with. Yeah, uh, this one was still quite good though. This whoever did the, his voice on this one was still quite good and menacing, like you said. It was Earl Bowen. Earl Bowen, yeah, he was well. He did great. I'm trying to figure out what he. Let's see. I don't see too much. But it definitely the. Oh, he, he made well, an appearance on Family Matters, Johnny. He was Doctor oh. Good, Doctor Goodrich for one episode. Oh man, well this guy's a legend then. Uh, one of the greatest TV shows of all time, but yeah, uh, let's. I think we should just jump into the voice work uh, okay. <laughs> for this because I have to talk about it. Okay, Andrew. uh, voices were okay. Th- th- I think that's the weak, honestly. Well, there's so there's some weak parts now that I'm actually looking at this as an weak, slash, I wouldn't change it for anything. <laughs> I love so it. unexpected some of those voices some of them are really good like you said magneto's quite good yeah i thought uh charles charles was fine i didn't mind his uh he but he definitely charles definitely talked like he was a gi joe guy you know what i mean like this cadence he talked like this you know yeah. i'm gi joe kind of right. that definitely has the gi joe vibe this whole show has a geo geo uh, yeah you know geo uh gi <laughs> joe uh vibe to it to me like if you told me the same company did both i would 100 okay believe you so the guy that did magneto or did professor xavier oh geez he was general flag on gi joe booyah <laughs> so there you go there yeah. there it is right there and it's joe john stevenson and looking at the voice actors i just realized skeletor does the voice of blob and colonel chaffee oh wow blob's voice was great uh you know i like that one quite a bit that one fit for me i thought pyro's voice was fine you, uh, it was supposed to be there yeah uh i didn't but- like storms Hers was all right. I think just uh, we're we're walking around saving the best for last. I know. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's just the one. Hers, part, was, hers was fine. I thought there was one part where I couldn't understand what she was saying until now. Yeah. Where they go and they get the they have to go to the space station to yeah. stop Pyro and Blob. I thought her powers but, were kind of all over the place, too. in this yeah. one episode. And there's a thing where blob and pyro leave and she just kind of like felt like it mumbles the line but it's actually it looks like blob and pyro got what they came for 
Yeah. But it just yeah. came out as da 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 when I was a kid for some reason. And I, I get was, that. Yeah. And I was a little bit older. That's the only my only problem with Storm. I did not I like I want to get into that too about the explaining of the powers because there was a couple where I'm like, mm, yeah, well, let's um yeah. Cyclops voice was was yeah. fine. I would probably still take the 92. Yeah. Uh, uh that voice over this one. Can I give um, you some uh all right, so Cyclops's voice was done by Michael Bell. Okay. Who had a great hand in the Smurfs. He did grousy, grouchy Smurf, lazy Smurf, handy Smurf, and, well, and Johan. Johan. So he's all over there. <laughs> if I was a Smurf, I would 100% be handy Smurf. And not because I could fix things. <laughs> I I like doing this now. This is the great thing about the internet. Is yeah. Put- I love doing that. Like seeing what else these people did. Yeah. Uh, so his voice was was fine. Oh, he was uh, from GI Joe. The movie. So there, the only thing I could think of is there is going to be a lot of GI Joe influence because GI Joe was a Marvel comic. That, yes, that's true. So yeah. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, that's a good connection there. Uh, Kitty Pride. Let's her voice. <sighs> All right. So in the show, because she says this, she's fourteen. <laughs> so her voice sounds. To me, a little too young to be fourteen. Um, she going by if you just heard her voice, you would think she was anywhere between like ten and probably between ten and fourteen. To be fair, around in there. Uh, but her character design, yeah. like if you just see her stepping out, you think she's at least an older teenager to like you know college age. Just just based on how she looks to me, that's what got me watching this again was when she was like, I'm 14 years old. And I'm like, "Eh, (laughs) you don't look that way. Yeah. (laughs) I think you're working for Chris Hansen on to catch a predator. You're 14. Yeah. I would stay away from her. Yeah. Uh, She, um, but I thought her, I thought she was fine considering uh, it's obvious that this show was planning on kind of, kind of like they did with, I mean, the 92, one obviously barred from this where they took the young mutant and kind of followed them and based the very first episode around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that's how you meet, use them to meet the X-Men and stuff, which is a very smart way to do it. Uh, so that way, so that I, I, I liked and her voice was just fine. I just thought like you should have, you know, she sounded her sound didn't match how she looked, but that's a kind of, a, <laughs> that definitely is a thing that keeps going on in this show. Toad. I didn't realize was done by Frank Welker. That's oh of, really? Yeah, that's really yes. Toad is good in this. Toad, yeah, Toad a, is great. Yeah, Toad is a very memorable character. I do remember. Yeah, he's very lot. goofy. Um, definitely played for laughs, but I liked him quite a bit. I let's just talk about it. I think we Wait, we got one more. We get Colossus. Okay. Colossus was oh yes, good. yeah. Colossus and was Night, great. And Nightcrawler, and then Night, both of them were great. Both of them are great. They're uh accents i feel fit those characters pretty decently uh and there's a reason i, I bring up accents yeah I, that's why i went with those two first yeah. so that way we can segue into the accent I mean, you notice the most popular x-men i think most people would say this guy's the most popular of all the x-men yeah. and uh, i guarantee you if you've never seen this and you hear wolverine speak for the first time you will be 100 percent uh excitedly confused <laughs> like i was i was both excited and completely confused where is he from <laughs> is he scottish now because he, 
<laughs> he's it, it's so australian it's it, also it, it's australian there's a little bit of scottish in there for sure uh it's uh because he called toad no who does he call i think it's toad he calls him a dingo yes yep he sure does he uses a lot of australian lingo which is really weird because everybody knows the character is canadian so they didn't even go with a canadian accent at all i wouldn't do that i would (laughs) it's someone that used to live close to canada i would not i would not do that you wouldn't have wolverine saying a boot no and and it's not it's not process it's pro it's process 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 Uh, yeah but it's i i knew that was gonna get you I loved it <laughs> because I, like I said, I used to watch this constantly as a kid because until 1992, this is what I had for X-Men. Right. Yeah. So this is what I would just watch. So I knew every aspect of this. Like I could have told you the whole story without even watching it, but I needed to rewatch it to kind of refresh me on a lot of things. Yeah. And I thought that was perfectly normal because I read the comics as a kid, but I never got in like into it so i never got into the whole wolverine origins or anything like that because i wasn't a big wolverine fan so i never got into it so i always thought that was perfectly fine until like x-men 92 or like my brother or my dad or like no he's he's not australian even though years (laughs) later (laughs) hugh jackman's gonna come out as australian hugh jackman doesn't even use doesn't even use his regular accent at all which would have been a fantastic callback though (laughs) And he's just so angry. He's he yeah. is so crusty. Like yeah, very much. Like uh like overly so to this kid he just yeah, met. <laughs> yeah, there's like there like well, doesn't Wolverine in 92 and then 92 one kind of like take Jubilee underneath his wing and Yeah. Yeah, he's very like, protective and very uh, passionate yeah. and then in this one he's just like stupid oh kids and yeah. Uh, you know, Wolverine, Wolverine, yeah, Wolverine's character overall has been kind of, uh, well, like he's offstandish, right? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of his attitude, but he's always had a soft spot for, um, you know, like younger people that he sees because he knows what he went through and all this kind of stuff. He sort of relates to them. Like Jubilee's a great example in the 92 cartoon. He definitely takes her under his wing, that type of thing. But in this one, this episode, he just, Absolutely just hates Kitty Pride. <laughs> she has the plague or something. It's just yeah. so and misplaced because she's not done a dang thing to him, by the way. She's not done nothing to him. No. Other than when she got that was the thing that I, I had a laugh during this is when she pulls up to the mansion and she has the note from Professor Xavier. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, will you wait for me? And the cab driver's like, no, man, nope. this place I'm gives afraid me, of this place. Yeah, yeah, it gives me the creeps. And it's just this nice, beautiful, sunny day. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful landscaping. Yeah. Nothing's, and I'm like, couldn't you have made it a little bit like darker or give him a reason why? Like, yeah, his reaction didn't fit what you were saying. That's for sure. No. Uh, also, we forgot to mention Dazzlers in this as well. Yeah. Where is that? I want. I was going to save that to a little bit, but I never understood the Dazzler thing. Yeah, Daz- you can. Oh, you can definitely tell that this lineup of X-Men was what they kind of based the very famous and incredibly awesome arcade X-Men on the X-Men game. Was any arcade you know, the six player one? Uh, I mean, it's the same suits and everything. Uh, you can definitely tell that, but yeah, they kind of just, 
drop her for the 92. She does show up, I believe, from time to time in the 92 series. Uh, but it was, she was very much a part of the original team here. I I think they I was watching some stuff on this. Like I watch uh retro blasting and he, yeah. and he was talking about this and he's he's older than us and he was like this is my x-men and he was and they were talking about dazzler where it was like why is she even in here and they went over <laughs> through like the comics where she wasn't even really a part of the team the only thing they could think of is jim shooter who was the editor of marvel at that time he had this big thing for dazzler like he loved the character oh, and that so could be all it like, takes he was like yeah let's just throw dazzler in there because really it's it's dazzler yeah i have nothing against the character but she's definitely one of the less popular ones for sure i still remember thinking why is dazzler here when i was playing the (laughs) arcade game so (laughs) So now you know yeah now i know why dazzler's there (laughs) it's dazzler okay so i got like my little retro pie and we play x-men on there my my sons and i but it's not like in the arcade. So it's where pretty much or you pick your gut person. But if the timer runs down and one time my son got dazzler and he was like, I'm done. I'm never playing this again. I'm like, but when you die, you can cheat. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not being dazzler. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> is there that much hate for dazzler? Even though you have apparently. no idea who dazzler is. Apparently uh, I did like the inclusion of uh, Emma Frost right off the bat here too. Uh, you see her pretty early on. Um, and she's one of the ones who rescues Magneto at the very beginning, but she kind of just disappears, don't she? After that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because she doesn't fight at the end, and no. part of the not the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, it's the Brotherhood of like evil mutant terrorists. Yeah, they definitely say terrorists because I remember that's one of the words that uh, you know the late great Stan Lee says is the mutant terrorist when he's ex- when he pretty much like he lays down. He does a really good job there of just like explaining what X-Men is like at the very beginning. Yeah. But like we got into the Kitty Pride thing when he was, and then I never knew Professor Xavier could like project just a holographic image of himself. Yeah. Let's get into the powers here. Yeah. That's they're kind of all over the place. Now, and I, the excuse I'll give was this was the pilot mm-hmm. and they were just starting out with this one but the other thing is the x-men have been around since like the 60s uh so they definitely know their power sets by then uh you would think uh but yeah um a couple of them their powers are all over the place just like uh you know i was mentioning storm earlier apparently from the way it sounded she can like even use her weather powers in space <laughs> I mean, so much so that she can like help you breathe in space. I yeah. think, kind of. Why not? That's pretty incredible. But, well, did you notice when they were in space that Cyclops shot right through his helmet? Yes, I sure did. How did I sure did? That's impressive. The other funny thing is, I don't know why they did it for the cartoon, but if you look at the '92 version, he has a straight red line across yeah. his visor. This one is two like dashes. Yeah. A terrible yeah. idea. Should just been a. I mean, his name is Cyclops for crying out loud. <laughs> and also, when they introduced it, was kind of stupid. Where you got where they're in the danger. Room. I do like that. I did like that. Yeah. They're like they're in the danger room. He explained the danger room, and all of a sudden, this rope net comes down, and he this like mechanical thing that's like gonna break them yeah. looks like some 1982 Masters of the Universe toy. 
Yes. And he doesn't blast through the rope. He just stops and turns and the blast through the machine. Yeah. Which is still cool, though. In fairness, it was still cool. Yeah. It was, yeah it's like, because I still remember that, you know, the very first episode of the 92 series, the reason that Cyclops quickly became my favorite X-Men was the first thing I saw him do was, you know, this uh, giant Sentinel, which was destroying everything. Uh, he literally blows its head off with his eyes. And I was like, that's freaking cool. <laughs> so, like he automatically became my favorite after that. Uh, he was still pretty cool here. I, overall, I think they got his powers pretty, pretty good. His didn't seem all over the place. Wolverine's was fine. Uh, um, Colossus. Well, I thought they did his probably the best. His was great. Yeah. Uh, Nightcrawler's was, was pretty good. But um, Dazzler's was weird but she didn't use hers very much either to be fair no um i I was always very confused with dazzler's powers anyway in the first place i never even knew until like when i watched this and that's supposed to she can turn sound into bolts of light is the way that they explained it yeah i am not when she's like a singer she must be like a singer pop star type character right yeah she was like if you look at the uh her first appearance she's like discoed out yeah 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 i don't, uh, yeah. She, i don't know why she's in this uh overall i like this lineup i do miss gambit obviously because gambit's very awesome is he he might not have been created but i don't know when he was actually his first appearance was i don't um, even know if he's in yet yeah has he even been created yet but not do you need to like that's a good question no, he's not. His okay. uh, first appearance is uh, Uncanny X Men two sixty six August. Oh, okay, nineteen ninety. All right. So, oh, so he barely misses it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he's kind of missed. I did like Juggernaut. I thought Juggernaut was pretty great in this. He didn't do a lot though either. No, but I mean, his voice was fine. I like that they already let you know that uh, the human Charles have a history. <laughs> Could I explain that too about Kitty Pride? That that really caught me. Yeah. So I watched it yesterday and I watched it right before we were recording. And I never noticed this. So when they're attacking the the mansion, Juggernaut and Magneto, and they're going through the defense systems where those defense systems doesn't look like it's gonna hurt anybody. Right. <laughs> like, those defense systems did nothing. No. <laughs> they got through them pretty quick. And so they're they're storming across the lawn. So first thing in my mind is, is like, is nobody like witnessing these people storm across the lawn? And then the second thing is, Kitty's like, who are those people? And he's like, that's Magneto, master of magnetism, not master of magnet. Not magnetism, to confused, yeah. <laughs> not to get confused to the uh, the uh, arcade game where he's the master of magnet. <laughs> and then juggernaut so he's explaining to him all this stuff and he's like that's my my stepbrother the juggernaut everything else and then he gets all done explaining and then she goes you know those people <laughs> it's like he just told you <laughs> no don't know him at all but that felt real to me because i know 14 year old kids and that's about how they are <laughs> yeah okay okay now they're thinking about it with like and in know, fairness i was probably about that same way when i was 14 yeah, as well I, yeah, I just was like waiting for Xavier to like say something smart Alec. You know, or yeah. like, no, I don't know who they are. <laughs> but I love the fact that they're after. I, as a kid, I thought they were after the whole Cerebro system, right? But they're just after 
that one part yeah yeah the circuit that looks like a weird autobot leader of our yeah matrix like if you would have told me that was like a uh what what they call them an all spark or something like that i would have been like oh yeah because that's kind of what it looks like something you would see in transformers for sure yeah and uh, he just and she screws everything up she screwed up the danger room because she she phased in i love it that part too where it's like i believe and he's talking to her he's like i believe you call it phasing yeah she just named her own power what 14 year old girls like i'm gonna phase they would be like i go through things yeah (laughs) yeah uh i do i do like that she seems believable though for despite not looking 14 if she is 14 you know 14 year olds are trying still trying to figure things out right Mm -hmm. uh so that part so i thought her actual character was really good and done well because i do like kitty pride like she i think she's a great x-men who gets overlooked a lot until recently in the comics they do a pretty good job with her but uh, and we get to see her little uh, dragon pet which i was very happy to see yes that was awesome also frank welker does the voice of lockheed there we go that's all i'm talking about <laughs> that's that's but I, I will tell you i'm very disappointed there's only one episode of this i yeah i just feel like they jam-packed it in too much yeah uh they were obviously very much hoping to do more but it was like they were thinking well we might not get to do more (laughs) so they did everything they could it's it's very much a pilot for sure and uh, you know the 92 series famously went past where they even wanted to right Mm -hmm. because it was it got so popular that fox was like no you're doing another season of this that they didn't even want to do and that's why that last season looks and feels so different from the rest of it because it's kind of tacked on and it's not the ending that they wanted at all. Uh, the ending, I don't know if you've seen that one in a while, but the ending of the 92 series, the very last episode mm. uh, in which the new series that they just announced on Disney plus that they're going to be bringing back is a sequel to this, uh, to the 92 series. And it's supposed to start right after that. Uh, but that ending is a humongous bummer. <laughs> Isn't that where like Xavier leaves and he leaves because if he stays, he's going to die. <laughs> oh yeah. That's okay. Yeah. And the he's, on, he's, on his, he's literally on his deathbed <laughs> the animation's horrible in that last season yeah it's not good did you enjoy uh the fight at the end when they finally get to asteroid m because magneto has the circuit and he's going to take the scorpio comet and send it towards earth plunging them into an ice age the uh, battles were the coolest thing when i was a kid yeah they're very fun they're still fun I think they hold up pretty well. The one thing I want to ask you, and I have this in my notes, and I'm going to look at my notes or I would have forgotten okay. this. When they first meet the blob and Pyro, when the X-Men are up in space for the first time, because they go up in space, and that's when they leave Kitty and Professor X alone, and that's when they get attacked by you know, Juggernaut and Magneto. So while they're doing that, the X-Men are up in space fighting the blob and Pyro. But uh, while they're up there, they hear police sirens. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> and I was very confused. Are there space police? I, I never noticed that. <laughs> and police sirens. And the extra like, oh, we got to get out of here. Here come the cops. My jaw fell on the floor when I first heard that. I rewound it. I had to go back and listen to it again. I was like, is is, is that supposed to be there? (laughs) It's so great. 
but maybe it's <laughs> maybe that, that's the only way to explain it. Because maybe they didn't want to put up a siren. And if the... there is space police, who called them? <laughs> well, B- Pyro and Blob were there. They probably. <laughs> but why would they call them? And how did they get in there? Yeah, there's so many questions here. It's, like I said, this does not do a very good job of explaining things. I never, uh, oh my goodness, until you mention that now, I never put two and two together about the sirens. I want to know where these. I want to know more about these space police. Well, wasn't Silverhawk space police? Maybe they were calling Silverhawk. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Shared I like that. Where who's the other one? But he has a siren though. He's like a police siren. <laughs> That he plays before I, he shows up anywhere. I I never even put two and two together until you said something. Else. Oh, it's so great! I highly recommend people. There's two things you need to listen for: a that police siren and b Wolverine's voice work. Yeah, those are the two things that are by far must listen to things on this episode. So, this also led to the LJN Uncanny X Men on on a NES, the beloved one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right, because those are the same design of the costumes. Yeah. The only difference is Dazzler was swapped out for Iceman, which makes sense to me. Yeah. Iceman, if you, that's a weird thing, too. Like, where's Iceman? Because he's a definitely yeah, one of the original, you know, uh, he's one of the OGs. It looks like from, like, doing research, like I said on this, they went, like, strictly early 80s height of X-Men comic book type characters yeah. and then they were like hey you know what they're on dazzler yeah well whatever this uh, maybe the ice man was like part of the space police <laughs> that's what I we got th- to see him i could think of like what about beast yeah beast would have been great i want to hear wolverine yell gene <laughs> <Jean. Jean>, yeah <laughs> gene gray gene! yeah where's that i don't get any gene i think without gene gray the story wouldn't have been that great it just would have been like I wonder if they had planned. I wonder if they had planned if the show got picked up, like to start. Obviously, they would introduce more mutants, right? Yeah. So I guarantee we would have got to see them at some point. I would hope. Yeah, White Queen. uh, White Queen does disappear. Like, where is she on asteroid? She goes away. Doesn't she fight somebody? She all she does is she shows up, and she uses her. You know, she's obviously also a very strong. what do you call it? Same thing Professor X does. Uh, uses her, she can make you think things that aren't there. And she makes the army think they're sinking into the pavement. And that's how she kind of frees Magneto. Yeah. Uh, but she somehow makes like an energy arrow and shoots it at. I've. Which is, I didn't know she did that. I could be wrong. Uh, but that wasn't something I was aware she could do. <laughs> Cyclops. I know she can like turn her skin like a diamond or something like that. I know she can do that, but I didn't know she could like project stuff out. And Cyclops battles the White Queen, which doesn't make sense to me. Like you said, she just projects stuff. That must have been really fast. It must have been like when I was texting you because I don't remember that. It's it's the yeah, it's in the asteroid. Yeah. So because that was like the coolest part when I was a kid when it was like one on one matchups. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that part because I saw the other ones. Uh, yeah, Dazzler takes on Pyro. Wolverine traps Toad after he calls him a dingo because every Canadian calls people a dingo. Yeah, that's a Canadian term for sure. Uh, Colossus fights Jugger- 
No, he fights Juggernaut. Oh, he tries to move Blob the first time he yeah. beats him. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Cyclops is White Queen, and Nightcrawler faces the Blob, but blows right by him. Yeah, he doesn't really face him. He just kind of and does how his does thing. Kitty tackle Magneto. She tackles him pretty good. She knocks him over. I would have definitely like in football would have been a sack for sure. <laughs> um, I didn't yeah. like that. Like I've never seen not too many people overpower Magneto, especially a fourteen year old girl. Physically, by yeah. the way, this is physically. Jubilee ain't doing that. No, like if you told me like she like phased through him to get past him, then yeah, that makes sense. And I love the uh, how it. I love the ending where they're talking to Kitty Pride because she did so wonderful on the mission as a 14 year old girl in danger. And professor X is like, ah, come on out. You know, you're here. You might as well go in there and fight. You're only 14 <laughs> Lord of the Rings, <laughs> the two towers style, you know, like here's your sword and your helmet. Yeah. You came along. I guess you got to fight now. And he the Wolverine, when they're like talking about her being a part of the team and he's like, it, it was like, she did good, but she ain't part of the team yet. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, is this? I think that was going to be the constant subplot for every yeah. single episode. That was going to be what Wolverine, Gene, and Cyclops were in right. 92, was going to be Wolverine just battling with Kitty Pride and not accepting her. Yeah, until he finally does. Yeah, yeah. That, would be the, that would be the payoff. And she treated Nightcrawler like crap. Yeah, but she acknowledged it. I will say that at the end, she acknowledged it and she felt bad about it because she thought he had died and she treated him so badly. And so she's very upset about that. So I thought at least there's that and her character's a little bit redeemed that way. Uh, but, you know, the fact is at the beginning, I mean, she knows that she's a mutant and that's why she's going there. And she like, you know, she's obviously been treated wrong for being different. And the first thing she does is treat Nightcrawler like garbage because he's different. (laughs) (laughs) But Nightcrawler was kind of weird toward her, wasn't he? He, I thought he, I was first watching it because the Nightcrawler I'm used to is is like a... Very um, Pepe Le Pew-like? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) That's Uh, I got that too. And she's 14, so grooming it, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And he is, because he is like right in her face every time. Definitely in her uh, like personal space for sure. Uh, so that part was like a little weird, and that's maybe that's the leeway I gave her was like he was being a little weird about it, and that's not a nightcrawler thing that I'm used to. Usually he's very respectful and polite of like all things, right, mm-hmm. uh, and all people. But uh, here he was a little weird with that. But he was the hero at the end. Yes, he did teleport in the last minute because. Professor Xavier put the Blackbird on the view monitor. The yeah, Blackbird was great. That was yes. Cool. I like the Blackbird. Yeah, it, it looked very similar to the 92 one. Yeah. So uh, it, it wasn't too jarring to see it. It looked pretty good. Honestly, overall, I really thought the animation, I mean, obviously it, it's dated, but I thought it was still pretty good. It's still, I would have liked to have seen like an HD version of this. and I guarantee it would still hold up. I bet there is one. I just. It wasn't the one I watched. Yeah. I got excited because I, when I was looking it up to see, I knew it was probably on YouTube. And then all of a sudden, when I looked up like X-Men pride of the X-Men, it came up for Disney plus. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Disney is going to acknowledge this. And no, 
like like the Star <laughs> Wars holiday special. No. Just Man, like, no. Just let us have those things. We know they're not. We know the hello the the um Christmas special or whatever you want to call it is not good for Star Wars, but that gummit, it's a part of the lexicon. Like just give it to us. You're right. Uh it's just so weird. Uh, like they just take things like this and act like they don't exist when I think they have their place. Uh, I think any X-Men fan would love to see this who wasn't aware of it or hasn't seen this. I think you would definitely get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Uh, it's, I think it's, it's perfectly fine. I liked it. And it's got a great intro. The one of the oh, intros. A banging <laughs> intro. The intro is awesome. It's very much eighties. Uh, rock ballad is she uh, type uh, um, you know uh, music there very much so like, I would put, like an 80s power rock anthem feel to it I and would, always and I always love the any of these are uh, these interests for these cartoons that kind of tell you the characters sing you the characters to tell you about them and this one most certainly does that I just love the team that will succeed the team that strikes like thunder <laughs> 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 it's so good <laughs> oh man um, yeah uh, uh, i guess the only main disappointment is we don't have more of these i wish we had a, a but see that's the thing though if we would have had more would we have had 92 probably not that's probably not yeah and 92 took everything that this kind of did bad and does and it improves it so, so much better where yeah the first episode of 92, there's like two or three parts to it. The night of the Sentinel. Yep. And you, you've, you, you kind of want a little bit more. This one, you obviously we want more, but you, it doesn't feel like it's like 100% rushed. Yeah. So yeah. That, uh, just a really a side note that very first episode of the 92 X-Men. I also went back and just watched it too. Rewatched it like yesterday. And I, I started like just jotting down a couple notes. One of the main notes is when you first meet the X-Men, you follow Jubilee to the mall, right? And that's where the Sentinel, the big giant Sentinel is following her. Uh, but when she's there, it's when she literally runs into Storm and Rogue. And uh, they are shopping. Um, how, how do they... And this is my question for a lot of heroes. Like I question this for the Ninja Turtles too. Who is my favorite thing in the world? Uh, but uh, how do they? How do they pay for stuff? Because <laughs> they have bags. They've been shopping. The turtles get pizza all the time. How do they pay for stuff? <laughs> the only thing I could think of is they're Axemen. They live at the mansion, and it's Xavier School for gifted children. How did he? How did he afford to build that school? I don't. He know inherited the money. Where? I know his dad was. I think it was his dad or his mother or something. Yeah, one of them I think obviously had money. Yeah, you just they just have money. Okay, <laughs> that's, the, that's the answer right there. They just have money. Uh, he was born to a wealthy doctor, Xavier, who that's is a it, yeah, yeah. scientist. There you go. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the save. Uh, so, his, so he makes sense like i get him having money but the ninja turtles wouldn't yeah i don't understand the ninja turtles being able to afford all that uh pizza maybe uh, don't get me wrong i'm glad they got it because i love the ninja turtles and they should have all the pizza they want maybe they're collecting like splinter social security like he's going 
real name and he cashed in on like social security or something or like a life insurance policy (laughs) i don't even know why i just said that but it make that makes sense to me because the only other thing i can think of is they do like what blade does where he steals and then they yeah off the stuff to make things but even with blade it's like how much stuff are you stealing i think that's one of the things i really liked about supernatural that show uh, is because uh, that would be one of the questions you'd have. Like, how do these two brothers uh, go around? How do they afford to do like everyday stuff that you would need to do if you're on the road all the time? And that's because they just literally uh, make up fake uh, stuff and like fake, uh, you know, and, and apply for credit cards and stuff. Uh, so that's literally how they do it. And that makes sense to me, right? Uh, maybe that's what the turtles are doing in the sewers. <laughs> is that a fraud? like is that a credit card 100 percent. yeah they get uh they almost get caught a lot of times for that so oh, okay. yeah yeah uh that's definitely brought up that makes uh, me want to watch supernatural now because I, I honestly I mean, this is not a supernatural episode but that's uh the first five seasons of supernatural i would legit and i'm not just saying this put that up against almost any other show it's so good those first five seasons but uh i think I think that's it for it. The pride. Should we review? I, I want to give this a, a score. <laughs> you want to? You want to give this a score? Uh, yeah, I really do. Give it. Well, how could we? How could we score this? Like out of five uh, Wolverine accents. <laughs> <laughs> five. Do you give it five dingoes? Yeah, yeah. There we go. How many dingoes do you how give? Dingoes. Would you rate? <laughs> would you rate the pride of the X Men? Oh man! All right, so I enjoyed this quite a bit. Uh, I am already looking forward to sharing this with other people who I think would also enjoy this. Uh, like as soon as I get off here, I'm uh, I'm going to need you to, uh, in case I forget, send a link to Trevor so he can enjoy this because uh, he's really getting into Marvel stuff here lately, and I think he would get a big kick out of this. Um, obviously, the '92 series is the thing that's looming over this one, right? Because the '92 series just takes, like you said earlier, takes everything this does um and just improves on it leaps and bounds it's just a better quality show overall especially those first two to three seasons are really really good and strong um however there's just something just fun and campy about this one that i really really like a lot i really enjoyed it it really gives you that feel of uh, that era of cartoon for sure and it just brings back some warm and fuzzies stanley's voice getting to hear that too um, you know, and you have Cyclops in there, which helps me because he's my favorite X-Man. So he gets to show up. I thought overall it was did a pretty good job. I'm going to give uh, X-Men uh, this pride. Uh, what's it called? Pride of the X-Men. Yeah. I'm going to give it three and a half out of five dingoes because I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, but obviously the because I also watched the entire episode, the first episode of the 92 one, which I would probably give a four to a four and a half dingoes. <laughs> uh, but this one is uh, still, I think it's a lot of fun. And if you like X-Men at all, highly recommend you searching this out. It's free on YouTube. Um, yeah. So three and a half out of five for me. It's a half, you, half, yeah, half how many 20 minutes out of your life. So <laughs> I would give this because I got so much nostalgia factor in there. And this is like the first time I ever got to see the X-Men other than in like, what was it? Spider-Man is amazing friends. And you would have to just sit there and watch it just yeah. to see if it's the X-Men episode. But this one I had on video cassette and came in a wonderful white case. Uh, I, 
the sentimental sentimental value weighs in on this and i'll give it four and a half dingoes out of five just i get it 100 percent understand it and i'm not even mad at that it's that that theme song is so amazing it's so good under like the fact that nobody brings it up and the fact that this is the first time i ever heard it is a crime (laughs) i think i sent it to matt the other day (laughs) oh good matt would love this i don't know if matt's ever seen this but he needs to watch this I, th- I sent it to Matt and he was like, that's some pretty good stuff. I was like, you know, it is because you're like <laughs> a closet eighties kid. So, you know, that's some, you know, that's some good, good music, but yeah, it's, it's a sentimental thing. This is my first time ever watching X-Men. I got it as a Christmas present. It was cool. Nobody else really had it. Nobody else knew who the X-Men were. And it was something to pop in when I was bored. And like I said, it was a half an hour out of your life. Yeah. But that's what I got to give it. But thank you for coming on and watching Pride of the X Men. <laughs> Glad to do it. Do it. And my cat is here, so if you hear something meowing or purring, that's what's happening. <laughs> but uh, he watched it with me, and I think he enjoyed it as well. <laughs> he likes Kitty Pride, would be my guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as he's not phasing. Yeah. Don't phase through the computer and mess everything up. <laughs> so you want to tell anybody about your other podcasts? Uh, you kind of said them before retro blist uh, retro pop and panel discussion go check those out i very much appreciate it if you do and obviously keep following this podcast because uh, i already know i'm gonna be on it again at some point yes <laughs> so, a very 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 if you haven't listened to it please go back and listen to our mac and me episode andrew uh to them saying this to the audience but it was a i rarely ever listen to anything that i'm on no matter how much i like it because i'm very critical of myself uh, but that episode that we did at Mac and Me is superb. <laughs> Highly recommend it. It's a lot of I, fun. It's one of my favorites. And <laughs> you go back, check that out, and you can check new episodes out every Sunday on the BICBP Radio Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Go check out the Let's Talk, but Let's Talk, but No Politics Okay YouTube channel and Facebook page. And with that being said, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. X Men. Place to hide. Place to run, place to run, the mutant game has now begun.